what's the most cost effective way to hand over elements of this business so they're no longer you but you're still increasing that profit so it's this kind of juggling between what is the level of service I'm trying to deliver versus the level of lifestyle I want to be living versus the level of involvement I want in the business and in what aspects of the business you know is it employees? Is it contractors? Is it agency? Is it AI? Like, what is my longer term plan? And how can I make use of all these different options to best suit me? Welcome to Scaling Simplified, a weekly conversation diving into our knowledge of teams, finance, strategies, and startups to help you scale to seven figures and keep your freedom. I'm Pip and I'm Georgia and between us we have over 20 years of experience in big corporates and small startups to share with you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Scaling Simplified. Today we are talking all about how to maximize your own wealth through building a cash cow business. So if you haven't dived into the episode we did a couple of weeks ago all about business models and how to really maximize your wealth you'll definitely want to go listen to that first we'll drop a link to it in the show notes but today we're really going to deep dive into this specific type of business model what it means and how you can maximize for this so you can build your wealth now if you are new here you will not know yet that Georgia and I are a little bit obsessed with talking about how to build businesses that create wealth for yourself, how to build businesses that really give you the life that you want and really support what you want in life and provide that freedom. And this type of business model definitely is one way you can do this. So before we dive into all the details, if this is your plan with your business, Why don't we have a quick recap on what a cash cow business is and what are the key things we need to be looking out for and doing in order to build this? Absolutely. Okay. so a reminder on this business model, when we are talking about a cash cow, we are talking about building a business to leverage. So we're trying to maximize the profit in our business. We're then going to take that profit and we're going to invest the cash into other wealth generating assets. So we're taking that that profit that we're making and we're turning it into real wealth. We're scaling it, scaling it, scaling it. So what does a cash cow usually look like? Well, often they are very high profit margins. Um, Often, but not always, you might have a lower sales volume and a higher sales value. So we're maybe talking about, you know, within coaching, those higher ticket offers, things that are going to bring you that maximum revenue, but you're maybe not needing to sell as many. The business probably has low net assets. So the value often is through services rather than through assets. There are lots of different, obviously, models of this. There's lots of reliance on you or the individuals who are often really skilled, real specialists. Um, This is why it's often suited to like a service-based business. So you have created that profit around your knowledge, around bringing together other really knowledgeable people. It could be a coaching business. It could be an agency business. It could be something in that service sector. And usually, usually there is little debt. Uh, It's usually funded via equity. So that's sort of what we're thinking of when we're talking about a cash cow business. Now, the question is, how do we maximize our wealth? And we've got a little two-step refresher here. So step one is we're obviously trying to maximize the value of our business. 
So it's really important at this point to understand your own strategy. We're not just trying to carbon copy what other people are doing. We're thinking about what we're doing, what we're investing in, what we're trying to build. And you're really going to lose out if you don't try to think about this. You know, if you're trying to do a bit of everything, you're going to lower those margins. And remember, we're looking for, for high profit, high value sales. So we really want to get specific about our own strategy and plan. And then the second step, once we've built those sort of high values, is we're extracting that wealth. So we're understanding when we can take that cash out. Like knowing the value of your business is going to be really, really key here. And this is where you probably want to work with an expert to understand this. Because remember, if you get it wrong, it can come back to bite you. So pulling profit out at the wrong time can create really big tax hits. So you want to get very strategic about this and you want to team up with somebody like Pip, who is a total expert in these subjects. Fantastic. Okay. So now that we're all on the same page of what kind of type of businesses and what the model is that we're aiming for, let's dive into the juicy details. So I think the first thing that I want to make really clear is that it, there's not just one type of quote unquote cash cow business. There's literally hundreds of different types, but they generally fall into two main categories and the category that you're probably more interested in will depend on what you actually want out of your business what's happening in your life where you are what stage of life you are and all the other big questions about where am I heading that I'm sure people ask you all the time so the first type of cash cow that I come across a lot is what I like to call the freelancer model so it's an owner-run business. It's generally quite a small team. It might be that the team's employees. It might be that it's all outsourced and they're working with agencies and it's very efficient and it's very streamlined. You know, there's a real focus on maximizing profit. And the aim is really, I'm going to work really hard now. I'm going to make a lot of money now. And then I'm going to take that money and then in the future, I'm going to do something with that money. And so it's it's more of a short term business, but there's a real time and place for this. And sometimes people hit really lucky in the right niche and it's the definitely the best option for them. They can make a huge amount of money in the, the right stage of life where this makes complete sense for them to really leap two feet into. Now, this generally is where the reliance is on you and you're really involved in your business and you absolutely love this business. And it might be services, it's often services, but sometimes this can also be a product business where somebody's hit a product and there's a very small team and the business is just running itself in the background. You've then got a different type of cash cow type business, which is more what I call the sport, small business model. And that's really where you've set up this business as, as the owner, but then you've essentially passed the day-to-day -day running over to somebody else who is managing your team for you. So yes, you might be really involved and that might be where you are now, where you're really involved, but you're more involved in the revenue generation, the strategic side of stuff, and somebody else is doing the day-to-day -day or running the team day-to-day. -day. Or it might be, you know, where you might want to get to, which is that actually you don't have very much day-to-day -day input on things. You just have touch points here or there, or potentially very few touch points. And you get a, you know, a monthly meeting with your business manager who runs the business for you. And it's almost an investment that just sits on the side for you. There's, there's lots of different ways that you can set up this business, depending on how much involvement you want to have. I think the first thing is to kind of get clear what stage you're at and where you want to be in terms of this type of business model. And then we want to dive in to how we can actually maximize and create as much value as possible and as much profit as possible. 
So clearly the key thing here is really thinking about focusing on maximizing our profitability. The first thing we want to do in a business like this is to really think about our investments and understand whether we're going to get the return that we want for this. We've talked about this before on the podcast a lot, but there's so much going on in the online space. It's very easy to spend money on things you don't actually need, but in the moment you do really need them. And I, you know, hands up, I bought so many things on TikTok because I'm like, yeah, sure. I definitely need that. Like, I don't know how I'm surviving my life without this, whatever it might be. But I think it's really important for you when you're maximizing profitability to be really conscious of your spending and making sure that every investment you make is the right decision for you at this point in time in your business and is actually going to give you the return that you want. I like that. And I also think the next thing we really want to think about is removing distractions. And this is something I work with a lot on my clients. So what we're trying to do is take away those low profit margins. So we're really focusing on high value sales, things that give us a big profit margin. So if we're thinking about service-based businesses, we're thinking, what is the energy that I'm putting into each of these different revenue streams that I have? And this is something I do a lot with my clients is look at their revenue streams and look at the team cost or team energy that's going into each of those revenue streams because remember all of that team and all of those hours and all of that cost is detracting from your profit margin so what can you take away that's actually a distraction where can you focus on bringing in the higher value sales like selling the thing that is really bringing you the good margins and and moving away from the things that are essentially a distraction and are going to detract from your energy and your focus and your profitability yeah i completely agree with you i think removing distractions is such a key thing because it's so easy it's that 80 20 rule isn't it it's so easy to get caught spending all our time on the 20% and not actually on the 80% of what's making us money And this really then comes down to real focus on our profitability and squeezing as much profit from what we've already built than trying to always get shiny object syndrome and be like, oh, well, I've got this amazing product. But you know what? Little old entrepreneur me, she gets her entrepreneur hat back on and she just can't not fix it and not make it better. And sometimes we don't need to make things better. Sometimes they're actually perfect and we tweak too much and we actually don't keep things that are working really well. We overcomplicate things. And by doing that, we spend time, we spend money, we spend our team's time and we spend energy on things that actually don't need to be spent our time on at all. So it's really thinking about what have I already built and how can I maximize this? Or if I've built something, can I tweak it and sell it in a different way to make sure that I'm getting the most out of this product or the most out of this service that I'm offering? And I think often we as entrepreneurs like new things and we get bored very easily. So we don't often maximize what we've already got. And that's something that we can really look to do more. Or if you're a bit of a maverick like me, you like to just burn it to the ground and start again anyway, just for the challenge. So let's not (laughs) do that. Let's think about, yeah, these areas that are working really well and different ways that we can maybe utilize that. So a really key thing for people is going to be to build that recurring revenue. And you can do that with something that you are already selling that's already popular. How can you move that into maybe 
a subscription or a membership or a retainer. But again, you want to make sure that the the energy that is going into it reflects the, the, the profit that you're making from it. So think about what you've already got and how you can make more money and more recurring revenue from that. And of course, when it comes to profitability, we always need to be conscious of our costs. So How are we ensuring that we're keeping our costs low? We're not just adding more subscriptions every month that we're not even really realizing that we're paying for. And we're really tracking the return we're making on our investments. And I think with this, it's really, as you say, focusing on the key products and services, focusing on premium products and maximizing the profitability there and not spending money on things that we don't need to spend. So once we've maximized our profitability, the next thing that we need to think about is really recognizing where we are in our business lifecycle and our product lifecycle. And what I mean by this is that when we have a new product or a new service, it is the beginning phase where we're creating it. And often we're investing a lot of time or money in creating this thing. We then get it out to market. It starts to build traction. We make a lot of money. And then slowly over time, it matures and it's just working away and the funnel works and everything's going fine and dandy. And then over time, you know, the the market changes and people don't need the service or product so much anymore. And it slowly starts, sales slowly start to decline. And either we change things or we just let that product die out because other new bestsellers come through or other new core products come through. And so I think it's been really cognizant of what are our key products, our key services, our flagship offerings, and really focusing on them at the right time. And so not, as we've talked about, not trying to fix things which aren't broken, but also recognizing that if the market's changing, sometimes continually trying to keep something, having the sales that it used to two years ago, isn't the best use of your time and going, actually, I need to put my focus and attention into this new offering or this new product. So it's really just understanding that and coming back to this, really keeping your focus and being really clear on where you are really spending that time and energy to make sure that you're maximizing that profitability. I like that you're mentioning the time there because often we think of time almost as a free resource, but it's not like we only have a finite amount of time. So we need to be really clear about where we're spending that time and what's the benefit. Like we're not just spending it in things that are a nice to have, because actually if we spend more time in the important profitable activities, we can maximize that even further. So where are you spending your time? Are you spending it? as I said, in those really profit maximizing activities, or are you spending it in something that is not tried and tested, might be a bit of a whim, is sort of a nice to have, it's something that you just thought would be a bit fun, or you saw someone else doing, you thought, I'll give that a try. So we've got to be really, really crystal clear on this, because remember, we're trying to build that profit so that we can build essentially this cash cow. There is a plan. Also, are you really busy doing things that just really keep you busy, to be honest, rather than letting the system work for you. So often when I speak to entrepreneurs, business owners, even team members, there are processes that see them back and forth on tasks, like ping-ponging from one to the other in a completely unnecessary way. And you can save so much time just by refining those processes and thinking, am I doing this just because I think I need to do this or I think I need to be involved or I'm just kind of keeping busy? Or is it essential to this working properly? And I think in that respect, we can often find ourselves stuck in the kind of 
busy work than the necessary work. I can see you nodding your head, Pip. We've all been there as busy as business owners. It's really easy to be busy all the time. So we're thinking now, is this activity that I'm doing, is this thing that I'm spending time on adding profit? Or am I just doing this because it seems like a good idea and other people are doing it? Like reward yourself for finding quicker, more efficient ways of doing things. Also, if you are not in the selling, if you're not going to sell the business and you're never planning on, then you don't need necessarily quite the same structure and documentation. So if we were thinking about selling the business, a huge focus would be on our systems, our processes, having those heavily documented so that other people could come in and take that over. But if you're not planning to sell, you can think about it ever so slightly differently. But I would still love you to have good, clear systems and processes, more so that if you have employees and, you know, one of them moves on or leaves, it's really easy for their replacement or for somebody new to the team to pick up where they left off. Um, In terms of time automation, there are so many amazing tools that you can use now. So many different things that can save you time, like so much time. So think about what you can automate and automate as much as you can. Because to be completely honest, it's way more reliable than relying on yourself. Because then when you go on holiday, it's all automated. Like there's so much happening that you don't even have to think of. And I would also think about outsourcing wherever you can, especially if you don't want to waste time managing a team. There are a lot of business owners who don't want to manage a team, and I completely understand that. So if that's not something that you want to do, then you need to think about outsourcing. But I still want you to put in the same care and attention and planning to finding who you're outsourcing to as if you were hiring them onto your own payroll. That is still really important but you don't necessarily need to hire them as your own team member. To be honest, I often think that actually you need to take even more care for outsourcing partners than employees because employees, you can fix issues as they come along and stop them from happening. And with outsourcing, it's a lot longer usually and the mistakes are much bigger before you catch wind of them. So totally with you on that one. So once you have thought about how you are spending your time, the next thing you need to think about is really taking time to consider what your long-term plan is. And I know this question is the question I hate the most when people are like, oh, what's your plan for the business? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just got to get through the week, you know? (laughs) But it's really good for us to start thinking about what we want our role to be in the future and what the future might look like. And it's not it doesn't have to be set in stone. We don't need to make this decision now and in then 10 years time still be taking the same decision that we made, you know, when we're, you know, doing like living life completely differently. But I think it's really important to understand some really key things. So do we want to be running this business in the future? Or would we like someone else to be running the business for us? Like how much involvement are we going to want in the future? Do you want to be able to have the business work around a family? Or if you already have a family, do you want to spend more time with your family? Or do you want to be able to travel with your business? And all these things which will affect the way in which you run your business, you need to be thinking about that and your role within it so you can start building that structure in place to bring people on and know whether that's the investment to make. Ultimately, if you want to continue to run your business forever, you might find that actually spending lots of time bringing 
relying on somebody to run your business to do half the job you're already doing is not actually a good use of your time and money. But if you want to step away from your business, it makes complete sense to invest in that person that's hopefully going to be with you for the long term and really get them up to date with what's happening and into a position where you can fully trust them to run the business for you. So it's really having some awareness of what direction you want to be going in. Yeah, because as you say, this has got a huge impact on what this means for your team. You know, if there are parts of the business that you want others to run for you further down the line, maybe you're happy doing it at the moment, but you know you are just running that business because it initially fell to you when you started it up, but you know further down the line, this is not something that you want to sit with you. So then when you're bringing in team, are you thinking about that team member longer term? Is this team member short term? And then maybe you're going to create a new role that sucks up what they've been doing as well as the bits that you've been doing. Maybe you're thinking, actually, as you said, I want to keep running this business myself and I want to take more home. So then we're focusing on automation. Like how can we, what's the most cost effective way to hand over elements of this business? So they're no longer you, but you're still increasing that profit. So it's this kind of juggling between what is the level of service I'm trying to deliver versus the level of lifestyle I want to be living versus the level of involvement I want in the business and in what aspects of the business, you know, is it employees? Is it contractors? Is it agency? Is it AI? Like, what is my longer term plan? And how can I make use of all these different options to best suit me? Interrupting our own episode to bring you the exciting news of brand new Scaling Simplified VIP days. If you are ready to simplify scaling to seven figures, this is the day for you. Together, we will deep dive into your team, finance and operations so that we can create your bespoke step-by-step scaling strategy. For more information, check out the link in the show notes. Okay, so we've talked all about how to maximize the value in our business and maximize profitability. So we're making as much as we can from as clear and as little work, I hope, as possible. So you can be enjoying that free time of yours. So the next step is once we've really maximized the value is to extract this value. Now I'm going to put a caveat on this. You need to go get professional tax advice because every single business is different and every single individual situation is different. And this is not something that you could figure out yourself because things are changing all the time. So really take the time to go and get advice on this when you get to this stage, because it will save you so much money in the long term. I can't even begin to tell you how valuable that small investment will be. So the first thing we want to think about doing, there's a kind of a two-step process to this. So first of all, we need to think about extracting our profits in the most tax-efficient manner. And then the second thing we need to think about is what we're doing with this money that's now ended up in our bank account and how we can maximize this. So in terms of extracting profits, and as I said, this will look quite different depending on your personal situation and and the business, but some things that you want to start thinking about, some kind of overarching themes is, Are you paying yourself via a salary or via dividends or a combination of two? Most of the time, if you are running a business and we're talking here about limited companies incorporated in the UK, at which point, if you're about 250K revenue, I'm sure at this point you've incorporated for a a tranche of reasons that we're not going to go into today. But most of the time, directors of these businesses are likely to be pulling out some form of salary, generally around the um, tax-free personal allowance and then dividends on top of that. 
But something you need to be really conscious of is that um, your salary comes out before um, tax. So it's a tax deductible expense in your business. So it's reducing the amount of profit you're making before you pay tax, where dividends come out after tax. So you, you make your profit, you pay corporation tax, and then you can pull out dividends. And then you pay for both your income through salary or your income through dividends. You'll pay income tax on that. Now, why it's important to know this is because corporation tax has changed in the UK. And instead of just having a flat rate, depending on how much any business makes, there's now a different rate depending on how much profit your your business makes will depend on the rate of tax you have to pay. So this is where you want to get advice to actually understand how much salary should I be paying myself versus how much I should be paying myself as, as like a bonus via dividends, because you might think you're doing it the right way. But actually, if you just switch some of it to salary and some of it and you divide up the salary and dividends into a different amount, you'll actually end up paying way less tax. So this is definitely something to go and get some advice on. And this is something that is obviously new from this tax year and, and looks like it's staying for the foreseeable future. So don't think that what you've been doing in the past is necessarily going to be the best route here. You also want to think about how you can pull out as much money as consistently as possible. So obviously with wealth generating assets, most of the time, the earlier you invest, the more money you'll make over the long term. I don't know if you've seen all those YouTube adverts, but you know, if you invest everything early with compound interest, you're going to make more money. So we do want to be making sure that we're pulling out money as soon as possible and investing it rather than waiting till we have a huge lump sum and then pulling it all out. And this also will mean that we can probably pull it out a slightly more tax efficiently. But you want to be thinking about things like maximizing allowance and maximizing band rates. So as a taxpayer, you'll pay tax on your income, depending on how much total income you have, you might pay it 20% or 40% or 45%. You may have a personal allowance if you're earning over 100k, your personal allowance will start to be taken away from you. So again, you want to think about how much am I pulling out, it might not make sense if you if you make 200k in profit that you could pull out, it might only make sense to pull out up to 100k because after 100k, you lose your personal allowance and you're your tax band or your effective tax rate is going up. So again, these are things I don't want to scare you with all the things that are going on. This is literally what an accountant's job is for. But don't be afraid to go and ask your accountant and say, what's the most tax efficient way for me to pull this money out? Because it makes a massive difference and it can make the difference between you paying a lot more tax or a lot less tax. You also want to think about how you can pull out money that you don't necessarily need in the form of cash now. So for instance, can you pay into a pension pot? Again, this is a really good way of doing it because your business will be able to use this expense and so it will reduce your tax bill overall. So if you don't need the money now and you want to put the money away for the future, then paying into your pension is a good way to do this. And then of course, thinking about what am I using currently in my day-to-day -day life, which actually I'm also using in the business. So for instance, are you claiming all the relevant bills in your house if you're working from home, like as a proportion of your Wi-Fi bill covered by your business? And do you travel a lot and therefore, you know, that you could have a company car or a company vehicle? You really want to think about all the other little things because they add up over the years and over time. So, so really starting to think about everything you use day to day in your business. And if there's any business element, generally, there's some way that you can get some tax benefit on that. 
And the other thing you want to think about is, again, is not borrowing more money from your business than your business can actually lend to you. So often we have a position where there's lots of cash in the business, but there's not very much profit. We take the cash out and you as an individual actually owe your business money, but it doesn't feel like you do because there's lots of cash in the business. And this is called being in your director's loan account. And that will cause greater tax burdens for you. So again, just speak to your accountant about what can I be pulling out? What can I not? What's the best timing for this? Should I keep a bit more money in and, and pull it out next tax year? Or should I pull out a bit more money this tax year? It's really just being smart about that. And and essentially that is your accountant's job. So get them to do the hard work. Just make sure you're asking the questions on this. And then once we pull this money out, we really need to think about where we're spending this money. I don't know about you, Georgia, but the sounds of like a nice, healthy bank account balance when I log in sounds great, right? <laughs> but what we want to do is make sure that we're not just having all this cash sat in our bank account, slowly losing its value as inflation rises. So it's thinking about where you want to invest, what's your risk profile? Do you like quite risky investments? Are you younger and have more time to make the money back? Or actually, are you do you want to retire sooner and therefore you don't want very many risky investments? You want to be pretty set on knowing that you're going to get a certain return on those investments. So it's really thinking about that risk profile, that tolerance, where you are in life, what other things you have going on in life. You know, you might have children that you need to provide for and all the other things where you're like, actually, I'd rather get less back from my money but definitely know that I am getting it back as opposed to I'm going to invest in you know some crypto or something and maybe we'll triple it but maybe we won't get anything so I think it's kind of having an understanding of that and having some balance in your portfolio of some riskier investments and some less risky investments and then thinking about where you want to spend that money and what kind of lifestyle you want do you want to invest in property do you want to invest in stocks and shares do you have debt that you need to clear down? Do you want to put some money in savings because you want to go on some holidays in the future? Do you want to put some money in your pension? Do you want to invest in other businesses or do you want to take that money and create a new business? Or what do you want to do with that money? And again, this is where I would definitely suggest getting some advice um, from a financial advisor. They're often really good at helping you understand all the options you have and all the options as well for investing in some really tax um, efficient ways. I appreciate we're not giving you the answers to anything here, but hopefully we're giving you lots of new questions to take away and ask to the people that are supporting you and your business. And I think to me, having knowledge of what's available doesn't mean you need to know every single detail, but knowing that there's an option out there then allows you to explore it and see whether that's the option for you. And to me, that's really what I hope we give you with this podcast is giving, opening your eyes to all the various options you have that you have in front of you. So you can then figure out what's the best thing for you. I don't know if you can tell listeners, but Pip loves to attend all the latest tax update seminars and talks and webinars and really get into the detail, which I think is so fascinating to hear you talk about all the different options. And I think what we've tried to do is dive into what this kind of cash cow might look like for you in your business. So we've given you a bit of the overview. We've talked about some of the things that you need to think about. But we're also talking about how you can maximize that profit within the business. So it's not just down to what you're selling, what's the energy you're putting in, what are the team costs and all the rest of it. It's actually, what are you doing with the small details of you, as you've said? And that's where you need to speak to accountants and financial advisors to find out about 
yeah, where you want to invest, what you can take out. So really, really interesting. Just to summarize our little whistle stop tour. So what we're thinking about here is do you want to go down what we've sort of named the freelancer model or the small business model in terms of that cash cow? And then the next step is thinking about how do you maximize your value? So you're maximizing that profitability. You're recognizing the product lifestyle, life cycles that you're working with. You're getting super clear on where you're spending time, where you might be wasting time, like how you can really focus in on making maximum profit from the time that you're using. And we're also thinking about that long-term plan. What direction is this going in terms of how you're working in the business, how other people are working in the business, what technology you might be bringing in to automate stuff. And then finally, as we've just gone into the detail there, we're, we're thinking about how we extract that profit in a really tax efficient manner and investing what's right for you in the big model that you're thinking about. Now, this is something that we go into a lot more detail on in our one-to-one VIP days, trying to help you decide what is the right model for you. So if that is of interest, have a look at the show notes to get some more details. Thank you for listening to Scaling Simplified with me, Pip Harland. And me, Georgia Fitzgerald. If you've loved this episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. We love it when you get in touch. So head to the show notes and drop us a DM or send us an email. We want to hear all about your business.